Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Emma Sasek's interview with the writer and director for Sun Coast, Laura Chen. You want to be a normal teenager. I got news for you. You're not normal, Doris. Who's Doris? Uh, I am. Do you think this is the right place for him? You'd say that about any place. My brother's dying. He hasn't talked in years. I'm so sorry. My wife passed away. My dad died when I was three. Christ, they had competitions. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should start sleeping at Suncoast so your brother doesn't get too lonely. He's my child. When he's in pain, I'm in pain. I'm your child, too. What about God's sake, give me a break. You can come to my house if you need a place to party. My mom won't be there, and you can do whatever you want. Oh my god, I, I have to tell everybody. Um, but who, who are you? Everyone says this neighborhood is scary, but like, when you're in it, it's like, not that scary. Thank you. It's really hard taking care of sick people. Sometimes you need a break. <gasps> I dare Nate to kiss Doris. He could have died, and you weren't here. Once your brother's gone, he's gone. And you will miss taking care of him. You'll miss everything. All the good, all the bad. We're gonna have fun again, you and me. I'll learn how to be fun again. Doris. Old lady's name. <laughs> it was my grandma's name. Oh. She died the day I was born. <laughs> my God, is there any conversation with you that is not like thoroughly depressing? <laughs> to me? I am so excited to be speaking with you today. I, of course, just last week got to watch Suncoast. Um, I, I wasn't at Sundance, but I'm sure you were. What was that experience like for you? Oh my God, it was the most intense experience I've ever gone through. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, um, I mean, they've built such an incredible thing out there. It was, I've never been before as an audience member, you know, at all, but I've, you know, always dreamed about going. And then it was just so much bigger um, than I had imagined. And they're, I mean, they're so passionate about movies and, and art and filmmaking. And I mean, it was just, you get so pumped up to, you know, make stuff and go out and tell stories. <laughs> Maybe even a little intimidated. I mean, I feel like I would be a little intimidated as a filmmaker to go to the Sundance Film Festival, premiere my film there in front of, as you said, this huge crowd of filmmakers and, you know, really enthusiastic people about films. I mean, I, I'm happy that you had that experience, but I feel like I would be very, very nervous. 
I was totally disassociated. I was just like complete, I compartmentalized emotionally and I was just like taking it one step at a time. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it was, yeah, it, it was, it, it, I, I feel like almost thankful that I hadn't been there before. Cause I think mm-hmm. it would, I would have, the anticipation would have been like, I would have known what I was walking into, but I had no idea. Like I didn't understand main street or all the press or I just didn't know. So yeah. it really was, I had the sort of ignorance is bliss thing um, of having it feel less pressure because I had never been there before. And I mean, I guess that'll just always be like that first time at Sundance. It's going to always be special to you with this film. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I still haven't fully emotionally processed the experience. I'm still like, whoa, (laughs) it was, it was, it was big. Yeah. Well, I I congratulate you on this film. It was one of my favorites that I got to see at Sundance. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have told you that tears were streaming down their face multiple times. I am very guilty of doing that on this couch right behind me. Oh, I love (laughs) tears. I love hearing that. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, You know, obviously, it's a very personal film to you and your family um and it is it is your feature directorial debut did you as you were you know prepping to make this move um in the filmmaking space I know you've you've written for a number of tv shows in the past um but as you were maybe starting to transition to um feature films was this always a story that you wanted to tackle in your first film or at least one that you at some point in your career wanted to to write about well I didn't I didn't really know that I was going to direct it Mm -hmm. um when I when I wrote it it was just to kind of um sort of I I when I in writing I have like a sketch packet and it's you know like three pilots you know I'm always like writing and I always believe in like having all the all the kinds of writing you know Mm -hmm. and so feature writing was something that I just hadn't tackled yet and it intimidated me a lot writing a feature and and ending something and not having it kind of go on forever like tv does Mm -hmm. and so with that with this I just wanted to write a feature and and sort of show that I could write a feature and open myself up to the world of feature writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was as far as my dream went with this script. Um, but I think the reaction to the script was so thankfully so positive. And because I had gone through this myself, it only felt like, you know, I felt like I was the only person to be able to direct it. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't really let myself see myself as a director before this, you know, it wasn't something I dreamed about, because it was like almost too big of a dream. Um, and I hadn't gone to film school. And you know, just there was all these sort of and I'm a woman, you know, just all these barriers to like seeing yourself as a director, as a right. leader of a film crew or whatever that is. And so, um, so yeah, so it was sort of, it was all kind of step-by-step. Step. It was like the script came and then the reaction to the script came. And then the question of, would you want to attach a director or direct it yourself came? And I was like, well, I want to direct it myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it, it yeah, it, it kind of, I was kind of along for the ride of the whole thing, kind of taking it all in. And then as every step came, it was like, oh my God, this is getting more and more serious. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, oh God, okay. Once I said I was going to direct it, I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> I guess I I'm directing taking, now. <laughs> I started taking classes at Sundance. I started taking classes oh, wow. on, at online, um, their collabs, um, because I just, didn't have like a language for photography, you know, to speak to a cinematographer. And like, that was the, I I had run a show. And so I understood all the other departments and what that would entail, but not the photography part. So I took a bunch of like cinematography classes and directing classes and um, through Sundance. And so, yeah, so it was all just, yeah, 
step by step. Um, being behind the camera and I guess really seeing a lot of elements and big moments from your personal life play out in front of you. Um, I guess, how do you look back on that experience? I'm sure it was a lot of different emotions for a lot of different aspects of your life. Um, look back on the experience of directing? Yeah, just kind of this enti the entire filmmaking experience and yeah, yeah. just seeing the fact that this is so personal to you play out right yeah. again in front of you. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, you know, it was, it was both things because I think there was the Terry Schiavo and my brother being in hospice with her element that was exactly my life. Mm -hmm. But then there was, you know, Doris was a very different person than, than me. Nico Parker likes to tell people that I was popular um, and that I had friends. She saw photos, my photo albums, and she was like, wait a second, you had friends. And I was like, I know I had friends. It's not a documentary. Um, and so, yeah, so Doris was very different than me. Um, so I was able to separate myself in the filmmaking process because it felt like a story about, um, you know, a person that's not me. And Christine mm. was not my mother, you know, it wasn't like an exact replica of my mother. Um, I did have a single mom. So, you know, there was a lot of elements, but my father was alive. He lived in a different state, whereas Doris's dad has passed away. So um, I was able to separate myself enough that it didn't feel like, you know, every day was like this raw, you know, exposed thing. It was like, I'm directing a movie about these people, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and, and separated myself a lot too, because I didn't want the cast to feel like I'm expecting them to do some kind of imitation or interpretation of my family, um, especially with Laura Linney, like making it very clear to her, like, this is not my mom. Like, <laughs> this is you, you do you, because she's a genius. And I don't, I'm like, you just read the script and interpret the script <laughs> and you use your Juilliard genius brain and you create a character, you know, and don't feel like I'm going to be like, that's not how my mom would say that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so really it was, it was making sure that as much as it was, based in this real place every department every actor everybody we were creating this brand new story hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I do love uh, that comment that Nico gave where you had so many friends. Something that I really could connect to with this film. Um, I, my, my parents and I are immigrants. And so I was, I mean, I guess I was raised a bit differently than a lot of my peers growing up and maybe a bit more sheltered. And so kind of seeing how uh, Doris kind of goes through school with people not really even paying attention to her. Like she's kind of that ghost in the back of the classroom yeah. that nobody sees. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that just kind of really reminded me about that time period in my life. And I was also like 10, 11 years old back in 2005 when this takes place. Um, so it really just kind of drew a little bit of that too for me. And um, I guess I would love to know building up that character where you say that there are a lot of differences, some similarities yeah. between the two of you. Can you tell me a little bit about that writing process for Doris? Um, Doris yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, 
I liked the idea that she was sort of this invisible person, you know, because she kind of chose to be, you know, she didn't want to talk about this life that she's having at home. And she mm-hmm. didn't know how to sort of connect with her peers that couldn't possibly understand really what she's going through. Um, and she also, you know, had gone to a public school and was sort of new a year into this private school. So there was just all these reasons why she was kind of just in the background and and I also just I liked the idea like giving her the name Doris um, after her grandmother who died the day she was born like and her dad was dead and her brother was dying and she I I in my own life I have experienced so much loss more than the average person and I've always felt like this kind of weird grim reaper you know like death follows me around and so that was something with her that I you know resonated with and wanted to sort of just show what what happens when you're young and you go through all these real things you start to mature, you know, faster than everybody else. And you start to understand a little bit more of what's really important. And it becomes harder to connect with your peers and harder to worry about, you know, a boy breaking your heart, you know, when you have dealt with these really kind of more serious things. So it was all just an attempt to kind of get those feelings across. She is so mature. And again, it's another one of those things that I certainly related to myself. Um, and then it is it is also really fun to kind of see her rebel against her mom yeah. <laughs> because I mean what teenager isn't going to take advantage of oh my mom's not home okay great we are all gonna get naked and yeah can do this and that yeah <laughs> <laughs> which I totally did so that like my because my mother was taking care of my brother so she was you know she my mother would be like in in Mexico getting like a cutting edge chemotherapy you know, or she'd be in Gainesville for months. So she was just gone. So my house truly was party central. Um, and that was the, that was the sort of the, the, the basis for that idea that like when your parents aren't around, even if they're not around for the most noble of reasons, <laughs> full advantage of that, um, which I did and she does. Yeah. It's just an, another reminder that teenagers are scary and you do not want to deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> they will take over your house. Yeah. They will. Um, <laughs> have you had an opportunity to um, share this film with your your family members, either at Sundance or just prior to the screening? Yeah, yeah. I, sh- I was able to share it with my my mom and my dad, um, and uh, not at the same time, but individually. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was really... They both talked about the catharsis, you know, like I think it was, I think it isn't exactly, you know, our story. So like, you know, Doris is ending and, you know, that, that didn't happen for me. I was with my brother, my mom was there, my dad was there, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like, it's like, you know, different um, enough, but I still think they had a lot of healing from it. And my mom talked a lot about like how much it helped her see the world more from my point of view, Mm because I think you know, from an adult's point of view and from Christine's point of view, you're just looking at this selfish teenage girl and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, why aren't you being more present for this very real thing that's happening? But I think, you know, when you look at it from the teenager's point of view of just that, that, that desire to be normal and belong and fit in and have friends and live in the moment and all those things that, you know, you can sort of have more empathy for the teenager. Absolutely. Um, I, I think I have time for one more question. And I was just curious, um, you know, it it's it's one of those coming of age films, a discovery type of film for a young girl. And I would love to know what are some of those films that you've seen throughout your life that have impacted you, kind of left you with, you know, a whole bundle of emotions that I think Suncoast will leave uh, viewers with too. 
Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, Juno. I thought I love. I loved Juno. Um, I love Napoleon Dynamite. They're talking. They're you know they were they're re- bringing that back up at Sundance, and I was like, oh, what an amazing movie. Um, <laughs> Lady Bird. A Lady Bird was incredible. I felt like the mother daughter relationship in Lady Bird was so real, and they related so much to that. Um, Paper Moon is such a, a beautiful, like just a different kind of young girl story that's so touching. Um, there's so many. I mean, I feel like coming of age movies are my favorite. They're just like, I mean, E.T., like any any coming of age movie, I'm just like, oh, I love this. Um, <laughs> I just think that's it's a time in life where the stakes are so high, yeah. um, but you don't have to create super high stakes. It doesn't have to be like an alien attack, you know, like the stakes are just high. Just like breathing is, is so high stakes when you're a teenager. Are you breathing right? Do you sound cool the way you're breathing? You know, like it's, it's just so it's amazing just from a writing perspective to be able to live in a kind of small world, which I like, but for the emotions and the stakes to feel so high, um, it's so built into coming of age. And then sometimes we look back on those times and we're like, oh my God, why did I worry about this? Why did I wear uh, that? Why did I say that? Why was I? I know. That? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> well, Laura, I just want to thank you so very much for your time again today. Huge congratulations on this film. I'm, I'm so happy that Nico earned an award for her beautiful oh. portrayal in this film. I mean, so, so deserved. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Emma Sassik's interview with the writer and director for Suncoast, Laura Chen, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Suncoast is now available to stream on Hulu. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details